Everything me and John Gelson did the game, and I let Gelson kept count. And I kept thinking, I'm like, he's exaggerating this. There's no way. Like, the math on this doesn't work. But that game took two hours and 48 minutes to oh. play. It was one of the biggest uh, HD game files I've ever remembered in my life. 72. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't think we need to start the season in the first week of December, but I continue to be overruled. Justin Pelletier joins us now from the Boston Herald. He is the sports editor down there. Good morning, Justin. How are you? Morning, guys, and don't forget, by the way, that the defending state champion Edward Little Red Eddie's also open on the road in Bangor tonight. Ah, that's, that's right. right. That is right. That is right. Don't forget, they they both won last year. Let's, they let's, did. Let's well, they did, but I'm not. But here's and, the deal: I'm and, not. I'm not at that game. And we were there. So for yeah, both of them. and we were there for both of them. So it's all good. I might I only. I'm just, I'm just saying they are both starting. And I would totally pub the hell out of that game were we broadcasting it. You know. But I'll t- I will. I will tell you what. That's going to be a great game. Yes. Got some really good players. It is yes. nice to see. You know what? It's been a couple of years here, but it's nice to see that Bangor is going to be um, have a little uh, have a, some some action going. Uh, this year for the boys and for the girls. Uh, yeah, you know, well, I'll tell you what, that, that girls team, the reason they're, they're going to have that action going is because of the, uh, the, the, the Fleming family's decision to move, which uh, I do not begrudge them one bit. Obviously, they made the decision they had to for the family and everything else like that. But uh, can you imagine Oxford Hills, already one of the top girls programs in our region, adding them? Oh, yeah. Know. Oh, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. There'd be. Uh, I know that. I, I know that's the why I'm on here. I'm just. Uh, no, no, no. We're, listen, uh, it, Justin. When you're on here, it's an open forum. Like you just come in and you tell us what you don't want to talk about. Like you could be, you could be mad about uh, the person. Uh, maybe, maybe there's some DB who gave you your coffee this morning the wrong way. Like I, you talk about whatever you want. When we have, uh, <laughs> when we have Cal on or Randy on or Travis Barrett on or anybody, it's, it's an open forum. You just you talk about whatever. You know, it's it's all fine. It's all good. It's all fine. Uh, see, now I'm at a loss for words. Now you don't know what to do. You're yeah. like, oh, God, there's too Uh-oh. much to think of. Uh-oh. <laughs> lead me somewhere, oh, fearless one. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> l- let me lead you to the first spot. Um, Bruins are, are still banged up, and they've got a really tough stretch. Uh, uh, they're in the midst of a tough stretch right now. Wing made a good point uh, yesterday about stretches, and in this point of the season can really derail things. Um, what, what's, you know... There's enough here for this team to get back on track, but I, I don't think we should expect them to win a Stanley Cup. Is 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 the general consensus that I'm getting from people that know things about hockey? Yeah, I mean, now the, the Bruins are. It's a funny scenario because the way it's shaped up so far in the East. Okay, so you know the Bruins aren't as bad as they are, they look right now because you know you just at McAvoy was his first game back last night after a lengthy concussion uh, issue. Um, you're still missing Chara. Your top line's a mess because you're missing Bergeron, and they don't have. You know, Colby Cave is not the answer to Patrice Bergeron being out. Neither is Jacob Porzbacca Carlson. Uh, neither is really putting Krejci between no. the other two because then you really have nothing. So, no. you know, you're really you're really thin if you're the Bruins. Um, but that said, right now playoffs start tomorrow. They're in. Right? Yeah. So, on that front, um, you know, they built up a good good run early. They still have a good goaltending duo. Um, they do. Um, before the Florida game, um, uh, they were the number one team in the league in goals against average uh, as a team, the Bruins were. Um, they are now number two. 
Um, they've allowed the second fewest overall total goals in the NHL with respect to games played. So they're still okay on that front. Um, their their defense is still without Miller. Their defense is still without Chara. Um, McAvoy's first game back was last night. So the pieces are – I, I wouldn't expect a Stanley Cup, but I, I can't see this team not making the playoffs, assuming everybody who's not there comes back, say, before the end of February. Right, they can still they can still, if they can hang around and be within shouting distance of a playoff spot by the time February rolls around and then everybody else comes back, they'll be in the playoffs for sure. And then after that, who knows? I mean, Tuka Rask, as streaky as he can be, can go on a giant run. He can. He's done it before. Uh, he goes on a run where he's unbeatable, all the, and, and that happens to be in the playoffs. Who knows? Who knows? But no, expecting a Stanley Cup? No, definitely not. Uh, but definitely able to get into the playoffs. There's no question. Um, and then once that, once you're there, all bets are off on that front. Talking with Justin Pelletier from the Boston Herald. Patriots uh, in Miami this week. I always feel like the Boston media tends to jinx the Patriots one way or the other, right? And I feel like this week it's been a firm, firm grasp on the, boy, the Patriots always suck in Miami thing, right? Like some years they really focus on the fact that they suck in Miami and have historically. And other years they're just like they focus on the fact that they're playing maybe a bad Miami team or a good Miami team. This year they're really stuck on the fact of their, of their poor history, which makes me think that they're going to win by 14 to 20 on, on Sunday and, and not really look back. Like uh, It's, you know, people especially um – here in the Boston area, New England fans in general um, have short memories uh, for the most part. Um, and and you go back the last five games that the Patriots have played in Miami have all been terrible. Um, I think they're one and four. Is that right? I think it's pretty close. It's I think that's right. Gone yeah. awful like that in Miami, uh, not against the, the Dolphins in general, but in Miami. And for whatever reason, uh, they don't play and they don't play well in the heat. That's the other thing. If you look at even warm games in Foxborough. They have not been uh, a great team. So there is something to it. It's not, I, I think maybe there's a little bit more attention being paid this year because of the stinkers they've already thrown up on the board, right? So look at the games that the Patriots have lost this season uh, and, and how terrible all three of those teams that have beaten the Patriots are, have now gone since, right? Jacksonville's awful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit, has, Detroit has taken a downturn. You know, uh, Tennessee looked good last night because, A, Derrick Henry, what? And, B, Jacksonville's so bad that someone had to win that game. Yeah, Jacksonville but, pretty much was like, I think they, they wasted all of their uh, whatever, all of their give-a-damn on last Sunday against the Colts for some reason. I think they wasted all their give-a-damn trying to tackle Derrick Henry in that. Yeah. that I, I don't even think they really did much with that. They're still, celebrating, <laughs> they're still celebrating they win against the Patriots. What an effort by him! But my point is, I guess, is, is for the from the Patriots' standpoint, is that you know they, they've thrown up stinkers this year. So, in a stretch of Minnesota's pretty good, the Patriots made them look average last week. But honestly, Minnesota is a good team, and I think you're going to see that this week in, in Seattle. That they're going to hang with Seattle. Everybody wants to anoint Seattle as oh my gosh, they're on a roll, and oh they're so hard to play against at home. I think Minnesota is going to give them a little bit more to handle than they than some fans are expecting out there. But anyway, so they made they made a very good, not excellent, but a very good Minnesota team look average, right? They made a B plus team or a B team look like a C, look like a C team last week, um, and then everybody sees Pittsburgh coming next week, and so you know 
there's the, the whole mentality of, of so you've got the, the bad losses early in the season. You've got the two big games sandwiching this Miami game right now. And that's why I think it's being played up even more so is that this becomes the stretch because everybody looks at the Bills and the Jets at the end of the season and says, eh, those are may, may as well be glorified warm-up games for the playoffs. Right? So this is the stretch where they – that's why I think that there's more focus being put on it this year than, than maybe in the past is because of all those factors combined. Talking with Justin Pelletier, Boston Herald. I wonder um, – I feel like uh, I, I was just looking at the Twitter feed and Belichick's doing his press conference right now. I feel like the easiest way to get him going on a Friday press conference is to talk about the big college football game of the weekend. And this week, of course, it's Army-Navy. So, of course, he's been saying that he remembers his first co- his first football game that he remembers watching was the 1959 Army-Navy game. I feel like that's the way to get an in with him, to soften him up for the presser. It's not softening him up because, you know, someone someone snaps him back into reality and starts asking him about uh, Tom Brady's relationship with Rob Gronkowski or anything of the, of the ilk on the team, and he's going to go right back to normal. So that's one thing you've got to understand about Bill Belichick, and I'm sure you've seen it over the years in his pressers. If you want to talk about the history of the game or the nuances of tactics of the game that don't specifically relate to his team or anything that's, that's, that's related to his history or, or uh, things like that, oh, he will go off forever. But when you start to try to have him break down his own team and his own game, that's when, that's when he shuts down. So... You're right. I mean, he will absolutely go off on Army-Navy because uh, of his background with the game in the first place, but also, um, you know, just his, his, his love of the game of football. It's funny. I was just uh, I was going to try to comment on Aaron Morris. He's like, if tonight's game is two hours and 42 minutes, I'm quitting. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> oh, boy, you can't. You can't. You're already sorry. signed on. Yeah, Too you're late. signed on. You're already. Uh, Too late. You're already signed on, Aaron. He's going to do some hockey games. Uh, yeah, Justin. you're going to be. You're you're uh, you're he's he's all last year. He and I were scheduled to do a game at the Coliseum. And so I got there early, set the equipment up. I get a text from him saying, OK, I'm here. Where do I go? <laughs> he didn't. He'd never been in the building or anywhere near the building. So, uh, oh, yeah. You know what? If he's going to stick around in Lewiston for a little while, which it looks like he wants to and he should because he's good at what he does, um, he needs to learn a, a, a little bit of hockey. because uh, and, and he can't take doing a hockey game as punishment. Because <laughs> you, you and I both know that in that town, um, that's an important piece of, of the culture there. So, um Tell him to stop looking at it like a punishment and, and embrace the fact that it's a sport that more people there care about than college football. Well, actually, he signed on to do a whole bunch of hockey games yeah, this year on his own. Fantastic. On yeah. his own. He's learning. <laughs> the other thing is his fiance teaches around here. He's staying here. Right. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. So now he's now he's kind of, he's kind of. I don't want to say stuck, but, you know, he's... He's he has in, much fewer options yeah. than he did previously. He's stuck by choice. Yeah. Plus, he's, he's from choice. As, as, as a married man, he's stuck by choice. Right. Yeah. He's, Plus, he's, he's from self Seattle. Stuck, right. He's from yeah. Seattle too. Where's he going? You know. <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at it. And anyways. he went to Northwestern, so even a trip to one of his alma maters, an adventure. So the the Red Sox have have re-signed Evaldi. Um, I haven't heard anything about Craig Kimbrell yet, but I'm sure that'll. Winter meeting stuff is oh, going to happen next week, Joe or Kelly. Kelly, or any of that stuff. I'm, I'm sure that's coming too. Um, they're they're going to get the. Uh, it looks it looks to me like they're going to try to get the band back together. 
Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be so sure about Kimbrel. Here's what I think happened with Evaldi. The same thing that's happening with Kimbrel. And I think Evaldi came to his senses a little bit more uh, quickly than Kimbrel has. But, you know, Kimbrel, I'm assuming it's his agent floating it out there that he wants a six-year deal. Okay, He's not going to get a six-year deal at his age, especially no. coming off of the up-and-down season that he had. Granted, he is the top closer available on the market this year. No one can, 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 argue, can, can tell me otherwise. Seriously. After the year that Zach Britton had after being acquired and looking like, like poo down the stretch, um, and Robertson's available, but he's not a true closer. Kimbrell is the best closer available on the market. That said, six years is ludicrous. He's not going to get it. And the money he wants is probably a little bit too high also. However, here's what I think the Red Sox have done, just like what I think they did with Evaldi. And they t- I bet you they told Evaldi, here's what we're going to be willing to give you. Here's, what we're gonna, here's our price. Feel free to go out and test whatever you want for a market, and our offer will still be here when you get back. And my guess is that's what happened with Nathan Evaldi, and my guess is they've done something similar with Craig Kimbrell. Um, so, and, and because they um, they tendered or they they offered him the tender and he turned it down, they still get the draft pick. It's not as great a draft pick as it would have been had they not gone over the salary cap um, or the salary limit. But uh, it's still a draft pick, and they can still sign him, and they still keep that draft pick, so long as is, is you know because because of the way they they did it. So that was a smart move all around. But I think they've given him a price. I think they've they've, they've been in touch. I'm sure that that you know his agent knows where the Red Sox stand, and depending on what other offers come in, uh, he may or may not stay with the Red Sox. But I don't think that's the end of the world. Joe Kelly's more interesting because they didn't tender him, um, because I think they know he's going to get better offers out there, and I think they know that he's worth more than the tender would have been, and they didn't want to insult him, which also, to me, tells me that they're still interested in keeping him around. Uh, I think there's a greater chance that Kelly's back than there is that Kimbrell's back. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, there you go. Joe Kelly. Joe yeah. Kelly, everyone. Next Red Sox well, I closer. I, I don't know that he can be a closer. I mean, I still think they might be in the market for a closer. There are some interesting names out there. Like I said, Britain's out there. Robertson's out there. Uh, Joaquin Soria's out there. Uh, there's a young man from Colorado who, um, uh, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he was very, very good this past year despite pitching in Colorado, which, as we all know, is, is death to pitchers out there. So, um, you know, he was available as well. So there's, there are some people out there that, if not Kimbrel, then there does exist, uh, and they, they're going to have to do something. Uh, they can't just go lose Kimbrel, not re-sign anybody, and expect that the that they can backfill from within, because I don't think that's there. Not yet. If they think Barnes can do it, that's a little dicey. If they think Kelly can do it, that's a little dicey. Um, I, th- I think they're going to have to get an extra arm in there, because I think their bullpen's shallow otherwise. Um, but I, I don't know that it's going to necessarily be Kimbrel. Yeah, I don't either. I'm really surprised, too. Like Ever since he wanted, ever since he said he wanted six years, I've, I've seen nothing about his name yeah, outside of, chatter. you're crazy. That was really it. Well, and that's, and that's you know, the, but the, you always have to consider the source, right? I mean, where who benefits from someone saying that he wants six years? Well, he does in negotiations, right? So you know that came, that was, quote, leaked from his camp. Oh, I've, I've, I've had a lot of fun with this. Like the, um, this was fun to follow the Patrick Corbin thing the other day, right? Because, you know, Patrick Corbin hadn't made a decision, and it was Tuesday, I think he hadn't made a decision. So there was a tweet that came out from, from one of the reporters that was connected to the agent saying that he was going to get this amount of deal. It's going to be a minimum of a U Darvish contract, basically. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, 
it, it's this and this. And it was for six years and whatever. And it was put out there publicly. And then a few, I don't know, a few minutes later, like 45, 50 minutes later, a New York, uh, a New York Yankees beat writer tweeted out that, you know, they're only going to go, you know, the Yankees are, are holding firm to five years. So it was kind of like they negotiated through the media that way. So I had no doubts at that point that Corbin was going to go somewhere else. I was just surprised he ended up going to the Nationals than the Phillies. But, you know, maybe that, that offer bumped up from the, maybe the Nationals were, were uh, maybe that offer got bumped up after those tweets came out. You know, that's, that's how you do that. And then you, the, you see how it goes from there. The only time I've ever seen anything like that go weirdly is when, uh, remember when Al Horford signed? And right before, like literally the second before Al Horford agreed to a deal with the Celtics, Woj was like, it's looking like Al Horford's going to go back to Atlanta. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then two minutes later, they're like, there he is. So, interesting. Well, because because Woj's Woj's source was inside the Atlanta organization and they were trying to make it seem that... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. Just the way it works. It's a good time. Justin Pelletier from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. Just kidding. Boston Herald, the sports editor of the Boston. Hey, did you help this? That's what I was going to ask you. Did you help this in general? Were there, were there tab, their page tabs last week? Did you did you stop by, help out with that at all? <laughs> no, I was never actually formally asked. Okay, so, good. Yeah. All right, you were all right. So you were publicly asked through a third party, but you weren't. Okay, that's what I wanted to double check on. I, I would absolutely have helped them out. If, if, I did. I, I take that back, though. I did help them out. They did that uh, recent story on uh, the Muhammad Ali uh, musical. Yeah, uh, they're working on something there. Yeah. So I did help him out with that. Ah, interesting. Nice. So, you must be excited. That was uh, that's that's good stuff right there. Well, that is uh, I didn't I, I didn't catch up on that. I gotta get I gotta get caught up on that one. I've heard about it. So, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of dancing in that one. I assume there's butterflies and bees too. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> it could be like a oh man, it could be like a blind melon concert, right? You could get girls. You could get the people in bee costumes. You know, oh, it'd be a great oh, time. There we go. Oh, I've, yeah, I have you know, completely off sports for a second, though. Um, uh, I just have to say the music, the music world, and the sports world intersect so often. Um, and you just brought up Blind Melon, which is a bastion of the '90s, which is my my old, uh, which is like you know my era, right? Right. You know, yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish is going on tour. I know. There's a reunion. I think oh, it's great that I, I think it's great that Hootie's left the, 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 the country world. Yeah. And the Dragon the Bare Naked Ladies with them, and you know what? I may or may not have purchased tickets. Okay. I'm shocked by that. <laughs> we won't tell anybody. I'm shocked. I'm surprised they're not going to Fenway Park, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, they're not quite that. They, they're, doing, they're doing the small venue tour. They're doing the, the Mansfield, Guilford bunch, you know. And uh, um, No, I should, it, that, that's going to be crazy. But that whole era of you know, training Google Dolls is touring next year, like all <laughs> that, they, they're all making their, their rounds, you know, counting Crows is touring still. Well, they were awful the last time I saw them, and, and that takes a lot for me to say that. But God, they need to. They need to. They need to stop. Bangor's voice is toast. They all do that stuff, though. You know, the the waterfront uh, concerts in Bangor has been a lot of people that we haven't oh, heard from in a long, long time. You know, we went last year. There was uh, 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 Journey was there, there. and. Sure. Three, oh, sure. Three Dog Night, and oh yeah, I saw them all. Ever toured recently with Vertical Horizon and Fastball. I mean, good lord, it's, it was it's, it's like these these folks that are hitting middle age, like myself, are uh, we, getting. Uh, it's like it's like figure out. It's like our parents when when Kiss started going back on tour the first time. There you go. Yeah, it's the or first the time, right? Time, or the was it the eighth time? I I can't you know. <clears throat> But it's the same idea, right? You relive your youth that way, and, and as long as these guys 
uh, these these men and women who are performing can keep doing it. You absolutely do that. We, it's a lot different than the athletes, right? Like you don't want to see a 55 year old athlete perform, uh, trying to do the same thing that they did when they were 25. But musicians, heck, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll watch a 55 year old rocker perform just like he did when he was 25. We saw Billy Joel and Elton John together at Foxborough. Oh, that was a great show. That it was, was a great show. show. You know what else? So my daughter said, and she's 34. She said, but Dad, all those old-timers, they know how to make music. Yep. She said, they know how to make, maybe they can't hit the notes like they always used to, but they know how to make music. You know what? She's right. They know how to make the music. Justin Pelletier from the Boston Herald. He is the sports editor of the Boston Herald. We'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you very much. Take care, big fella. Take it easy, guys. See you. That is... He's always, He's always good. So he's got something to say. We'll take a break. One more segment for the week on the way. It's 105.5 Sports. W288CW1055FM. 